0: Amen. Christ above all, message of the book of Colossians. We've been working our way through the book. I don't always do one verse at a time, as I've said, but uh, we've hit that section where uh, each verse deserves a little attention. Above all these things, put on love, which binds them together in perfect harmony. Let the peace of Christ rule reign in your hearts. Let the word of Christ dwell richly in you. And this morning we come to verse 17. Hear then the word of God. And whatever you do, in word or in deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Pray with me. Father in heaven, we... Thank you for your word. We come to hear you speak, to speak with power. Father, we long for your word not just to inform our minds, but to transform our lives. We long even now that our lives would embody this verse, that whatever we do, in word or in deed, we would do it in the name of the Lord Jesus. With hearts full of thankfulness, come and write this deep in our souls, that we may be what it describes. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Do you have a life verse? I get asked that every now and then. What's your life verse? You know, or what's your, what's your favorite book of the Bible? You ever struggle to get, come up with one? You know, one day you'll ask me, I'll tell you, it's Galatians, you know, the, the, this book of free grace. Uh, on another day, you might get Ephesians out of me, because uh, I just love the way it's, it's broken almost exactly in half in terms of the grand, rich theology and indicatives of grace from all eternity, and then four to six, the application in our lives, and, uh, and the full armor of God, and the life that we're to live before Him. Or one day, you may get Romans. One of these days, I'm going to preach Romans. Uh, before I retire, I'm going to preach Romans, that magisterial, one of the... The, the longest, richest, systematic theology that the Bible offers us in the grand scheme of what, who God is and what he has done and what he is doing. And, you know, if you have a verse, a book, a verse, you know, I've, I've had, what's your life verse? I've struggled with that at times because some weeks you'll get what I had in my quiet time that day or, you know, something. But if you're looking for one, here it is. This would be a great one. This is a great life verse. It's succinct. It encompasses all of life. If, if you were to memorize this verse and, and adopt this verse as the guiding principle of your life, that whatever you do, that's encompassing. In word or in deed, do everything, all encompassing again, in the name of the Lord Jesus giving thanks, right? If, you, if, if that could be your life in a verse, right, what, what would you be if not a mature, sanctified, holy, growing, God-honoring believer, a true and genuine follower of the Lord Jesus, right? The verse gives us the purest motive for every thought and every word and every deed, Right? To do it in the name of the Lord Jesus. It utterly defeats selfishness, doesn't it? Self-motive, selfishness, self-aggrandizing, self-whatever. To do it in the name of the Lord Jesus. It sets us free from our selves to do everything in his name, our moral behavior. Right? Think about that if you were to do everything and all of your moral behavior, your moral compass, everything is done in his name. Your moral behavior, relational behavior, the way you treat people, the way you talk to people, the way that he's described as we're putting off our anger and our wrath and uh, you know, our selfishness and all these things and putting on gentleness and kindness and graciousness. Even our mundane life, our moral behavior, our relational behavior, our mundane life, what would it be like to do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus? Can you mow the grass in the name of the Lord Jesus? I think you can. Seriously. You know what it look like to mow the grass in the name of the Lord? I think it means a couple of things at the very least. It means the attitude with which you do it. Right? as you mow the grass or wash the dishes or do the laundry or whatever the mundane thing is to do your work day in and day out, is is the attitude with which you do it, does it reflect well on the name of Jesus or does it reflect poorly on his name? I don't think it's just the attitude with which you do it, but the quality with which you do it, that you do it well. Why? Because it reflects on his name. If I do it in his name, they look at you and you say, you did that in Jesus' name? Look at it. Like that's, You know, if you were to do it in his name, you would do it well. What if you were to do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus? What kind of people would we be? This verse is about lordship. It's about the lordship of Jesus Christ over everything. Over all of you. Over your whole life, over every aspect of it, down to every thought, every word, and every deed. 1 Corinthians 6 and 19 and 20 tells us, You are not your own. You were bought at a price. You are not your own. You belong to somebody else. You've taken their name and so glorify God in your body, in your thoughts, and in your words, and in your deeds, and whatever you do, because it reflects on Him. So... He owns us twice over. Your God owns you not only by virtue of creation, that he made you and you belong to him and you exist at his pleasure, but he not only owns you by virtue of creation, but he owns you by virtue of redemption, that he has shed his own blood and died for you and purchased you for himself and adopted you into his family. So he owns us. His lordship extends even to the smallest details. Every word, he says, whatever you you do in word, you say, "Every, every word? Jesus said something similar, Matthew 12, which is where Paul gets most of his stuff, Jesus and his spirit, right? I tell you that on the day of judgment, people will give an account for every careless word. For every word. That they speak. For by your words you will be justified. And by your words you will be condemned. Your words are important. They, that, that if you examined. If they just examined in a sense your life. By every word that you spoke through it. It would give an, enough insight into your heart. And who you are. That you could be judged by it. He's the Lord of every thought, word and deed. And he's talking to all of us here. When he says. you know, Whatever you do. That's you, church of Jesus Christ. You who bear His name. Right? For all of us who bear His name must do all in that name. Because we bear it. It is upon us. And so whether we realize it or not, this is your life verse. This is your life verse. He gives it to us, all of us, to dwell in us richly. And to be lived in. Modeled in our lives. Luke 6, Jesus says, Why do you call me Lord, Lord? And then, do not, not do what I tell you. Why do you call me Lord, Lord? That is, you take me as your Lord. That is, you take, take my name on yourself. You take me as Lord. He says, why don't you do what I tell you? All of it. All the time. In thought, in word, indeed. You call me Lord. And indeed, He says I am. Jesus demands total lordship. And he calls us to bring our lives absolutely and totally under his lordship. Total submission. All we are. All we have. All we say. All we do. Under the lordship. Under the name of Jesus And it does include our thoughts. If you wrestle with that, he says, whatever you do in word or deed, that, of course, includes your thoughts. It must include your thoughts because every word and every deed flows from your inner world. You understand that, right? There's nothing you say or do that doesn't arise from the wellspring of your heart, from your thought life, from your inner world. Everything you say and do, which is one, another reason why you could be, in a sense, judged by what we say and do, is because it flows from the inner world. In Luke 6, Jesus says, the good person out of the good treasure of his heart produces good, and the evil person out of his evil treasure of his heart produces evil thoughts and deeds, because it's out of the abundance of the heart that those words come. Some people say, I don't know why I said that. I know why you said it. I don't know why I did that. I know why you did it. We We just don't want to admit that that's the abundance of our heart in words and in deeds coming forth from us and from no one else. So every thought and every word and every deed If they were all done in the name of the Lord Jesus, then the inner world must belong to him. You can't do every deed and every word in his name if the inner world isn't the wellspring from which it comes. The inner world must belong to him to do this, to own you. Jesus is Lord of your heart, and this is why we're to love him with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. He is Lord of your heart, of your soul, of your mind, and your thoughts. And so your strength, your deeds, and your words, and that which is produced and comes forth from it. So this verse is really calling us to obey the third commandment. At least the way I have understood it. And the third commandment is which one, right? So you'll have no other gods before me. You make no images. You shall not take the Lord's name in vain. Right, number three, not take the Lord's name in vain. To take the, the name in vain, it's a prohibition about the way we use his name. Now, we usually reduce it down to don't use the Lord's name as a swear word. Right? And it does include that. That would be to misuse the name, to take it in vain. But that is one, in, at least the way I understand it, one tiny aspect of what is being called for in that commandment. The Old Testament makes it clear that we profane His name by the way we live, by our deeds and by our words, not just taking His name as a swear word, but by taking His name. In fact, to take His name, if you look at the way that word is used throughout the Old Testament, it means, and is often used to carry, to bear, to take up. And so this idea of taking up his name is to bear his name, to wear his name, to be identified with his name. And he says, do not identify with my name in vain, in ways that reflect poorly on that name. And that's really what it is, this identification. We have taken his name, like in a marriage. When we got married, my wife took on, she was a Kohler, Lynn Kohler, but she took on my name. She's now a Johnson, And our children bear our name, our family name. It tells whose people they are, right? They're our people. And, And so to take the name on ourselves identifies who we belong to. So in Jeremiah 14, it says, Yet you, O Yahweh, are in the midst of us, and we are called by your name. We have taken your name. And so he says, you profane it when you take it in vain, when you you don't live up to it, when you don't reflect well on it. In Acts 11, it says, in Antioch, the disciples were first called Christians. In other words, they were first called by his name, Christ. You know that when you say, anytime you tell somebody, I'm a Christian, You are identifying yourself with the name of Christ, Christ One. I'm a Christ One. I'm one of His peeps. I'm one of His people, right? We we bear the name. We take the name on ourselves, and so to live up to it, according to it. And so this is the same. I think it is the same when we're trying to define what does it mean to do everything in His name, right? I think it's to not take His name in vain. I think it is to take his name, that when we do it in his name, that we are one of his people and we do it in a way that is consistent and honoring to the name of Jesus, the name that we bear as his people. When Christians behave badly, when they treat people poorly, they take his name in vain. Because we've taken the name on ourselves. And behaved in ways that make him look bad. That reflect poorly on him. Ezekiel 36 says, I'm about to act. But I'm going to do it not for your sake, but for the sake of my name. Which you have profaned among the nations. Not by using it as a swear word. That wasn't in vogue just yet. But by claiming the name. And living in ways that are inconsistent with the justice and the righteousness and the holiness of God. So to do everything in His name means several things. Let me just bump down three of them real quickly in terms of what it means to do everything. Whatever you do in word or deed, do it in His name. It means to live according to His word. It means to live for His glory. And it also means doing everything in His power. It means to do everything according to his word, according to his will, according to his ways, according to his character and who he is and his holiness. 2 Timothy 2, 19, it says, Let everyone who names the name of the Lord depart from iniquity. In other words, whoever names the name, whoever takes the name, don't take it in vain. Depart from iniquity. And walk in righteousness. Right, So that is the name, to do it according to his will and his weight, according to his word. That is, to forsake our sin and to repent of our sin. And and he gives us a list. We've been through them here in Colossians and every one of his letters. And throughout the scriptures it tells us the things that are inconsistent with the name. And those things that are consistent with the name and bring honor and glory to the name when we reflect it in our lives. And so it is to live according to his word and his ways. Don't call him Lord, Lord. And then think and speak and act in ways that reflect poorly on him. So it means to live and act according to his word. But it also means to to live for his glory. And not our own. But isn't there something, if that were to capture your imagination. That you live for the glory of God. You live for the glory of His name. That what you do in private and in public, that what you do and who you are, and and you think of it in all the times that this Word dwelled in you richly, that you lived for the glory of His name. And it came out and and began to shape the way you you think and and act and talk to people and do all things, And, and the things you begin to do and the things you begin not to do, to live for His glory. 1 Corinthians 10, Paul says this in verse 31. So whether you eat or drink, you know, whatever you do in word or deed, right down to the tiniest details and the mundane things of your life, what you're eating and what you're drinking and why you're doing and all of that, whether you eat or whether you drink, whatever you do, all of it, he says, do it all for the glory of God, to live before God in all these things. And so that begins to shape you know, life becomes easier in some ways, you know, in the choices of what we, what we do and what we allow, what we say and what we won't say, what we'll watch and what we won't watch. We do it all for the glory of God in His name, that we wanted to reflect well on Him, that when people see the name in us, they think well of the God whose name we bear. We make Him look good. We make much of Him, not just with our words, but with our whole lives, to live for His glory. Whatever you do morally, whatever you do relationally, whatever you do in the, in the mundane aspects of your life, how you mow the grass, how you do the dishes. This is what, if you remember, I don't know if you're familiar, Brother Lawrence does a whole, he wrote a little book on it, Practicing the Presence of God. And he was a dishwasher in a monastery. And he was struggling with and, and cultivating what does it mean to live for God as the dishwasher in a, in a monastery. And the whole idea that he was practicing the presence of God. In other words, he had an eye to God in everything that he did. An eye to God in the way he did the dishes. The way he served his brothers. And the way he did them with a heart unto the Lord. And the way that he did them, the quality of his work with the sense that God is present. Even with the dishwasher as he does his dishes. And he has an eye to his presence and an eye to his glory in everything that he does. Christians should be the best employees, the best students. If you're a young one here and you're in high school or college or elementary or whatever it is, sometimes we struggle with those things. But what if you you approach those things as doing whatever you do? In the name of the Lord Jesus. What kind of student would you be? What kind of attitude would you have. Toward your education? What kind of attitude would you have. Toward your homework? What quality would you put into your work. If you felt that it reflected. On the name. That you bear. In your work. Best students. The best bosses. The best spouses. The way I speak to my wife. Reflects. Either well or poorly on my Lord. The way that I. You fill in the blank. It either reflects well or poorly on the Lord whose name I bear. To serve Christ in whatever we do. And so it is to do it according to his word and his will and his ways. And it's to do it for his glory and the honor of his name and it's finally to do everything well it's not there are more i had more on this list i shortened it for time yeah. but it's to do it in his power and i do believe that we cannot do his word in all things in in word and deed in his name apart from his power and so it is a life we're talking about a life that is dependent on christ a life that is lived abiding in him apart from whom you can do nothing this is the list of the things that you can't do without him whatever you do in word or deed and even in your thought life and in your little your your inner world where we need to be dependent on his power and his grace david comes to goliath remember 1 samuel 17 And he says to the Philistine, you come to me with a sword and with a spear and with a javelin. You come relying on yourself. You come in your own power. You come in your own name. You come thinking you're all that. You come full of yourself. I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. But you do that when you walk into the power company to pay your bill. You come in the name of the Lord of hosts. When you walk into that meeting at work, you come in the name of the Lord of hosts. You don't come in your own power, as your own person, as if you belong to yourself. You come in the name of the Lord of hosts. And there's a sense in which not only do we come as a representative of his name, but we come in his power. When David says that, he's like, you got a spear and a javelin? Yahweh is my God. And I come to you in the power of that name. His name is upon me. His presence is with me. I abide in Him. 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, he says that our God would make you worthy of His calling, worthy of His name. If you want to live that life that is worthy of His name, you can't do it in your own power. Oh, that God would make us worthy of that calling, that He would be the one who would enable us to fulfill every resolve for good and every work by faith, by his power. So that the name of Jesus may be glorified in us. The name will be glorified in us when it is his power that enables us to succeed in every resolve. In everything that we long to be and to do. At work and at home and at school. In private. In public. In my inner world. In my outer world. Oh, that may God make you worthy. Worthy. By His power and His grace enabling us. And so finally then as we come through this, I think this is what it means to do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus. Word, deed, inner and outer. This is the life that He lives. And He says, and He flows into it just so seamlessly that I think you have to see it together. That not only do we, whatever we do this way, He says, giving thanks unto God the Father through Jesus why would our submission, the bowing the knee to the Lordship of Jesus Christ in every corner, nook and cranny of our lives that we, we serve Him, some people would see that as a, as a drudgery or some people would see that as, you know, you're, you know a, you're a slave to the Lord Jesus, a servant of Christ. You could see it in very negative light, but Paul sees it. He says, do everything in His name. Live for His glory. And he says... And it produces a life of thankfulness and gratitude. Giving thanks unto the Father. Why? Because the life that he is describing is the blessed life. It's the the blessed life. The God-centered life. The life lived for him. The life fulfilling the, the purpose of your very creation. the the, the life that is fulfilling the the purpose of your redemption, being more and more like Jesus on your your way to his presence in eternity, that this Christ-centered, God-centered life, we were made for it. And as we live that life, we give thanks unto God and the Father that he would let us wear the name, that he would give forth the power of his spirit, that we might walk in his name in a way that is worthy. To be those people worthy of the name. That name. Is there a more blessed life that there could be? That we should walk in the reflection and the image of God Himself? And that our lives would be full of worship and gratitude. Romans 11.36 We just read it a moment ago. In our thing it says, For from Him. From His creation. His hand. His power. And Through Him. All good desires and deeds you wish to do, all of it is from Him. It is through Him. It is ultimately to Him and to the glory of His name. It's the nature and the fabric of reality and the universe. And when you are in sync with that, that you then are from Him and all you do is through Him and for Him and for His glory to be in sync in harmony in the sense with the God of creation a marvelous and blessed it is the life that God intends to do all in the name of the Lord Jesus. It's the only way to do it right. There is no other way. John Bloom says, Holiness is not a state of denial. It's a state of delight. It's a state of joy to know and to love and to walk with God empowered by Him to live for Him. My friend, you say you're a Christian. You've taken the Lord's name upon yourself. You wear it. You own it. You identify with it. The name of the Lord Jesus Christ. There is literally no more glorious name in the universe. The name of God. That is a name we have taken on ourselves. Philippians 2, Therefore God has highly exalted Him and bestowed on Him the name. It is above every name. And at that name, now and in eternity, to that name, the name of Jesus, every knee is going to bow. In heaven and on earth and under the earth, every tongue is going to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord of everything. Of all of us to the glory of God the Father. My friend, you have taken that name that is above every name. His lordship over you is absolute. Your surrender to him must be total, complete, so that in every aspect of your heart and your mind and your soul, and so your strength. And in your words and in your deeds, there would be honor and glory to his name. Where are your thoughts and your words and deeds inconsistent with the name, the glorious name that he's given you, that he has privileged you and permitted you to wear? What words come out of your mouth that reflect poorly on him? Oh, my friends, that we would consider the life verse that He has given us. That we would reflect on the way that we talk to people on the phone, in person, at work, at home. Does it reflect well? There's literally no more glorious name in the universe. Let us not take it in vain. Pray with me. Father in heaven, we thank You that You have privileged us. So loved us with an everlasting love that That we should be called by the name of Christ. That we could belong to you. Belong to the Lord Jesus. That we would be your people. I pray, Father, that you would write on our souls in a whole new way this morning. As we think, as we go from here, as we think about our lives, our inner world, our thoughts and our words and our deeds, the things we do and how we do it, the attitude with which we do it, the quality with which we do it, the things that we allow and the things that we should not allow. Father, teach us to live and to do whatever we do, everything in the name of the Lord Jesus. That we might bring glory and honor to your name and health And peace to our souls. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.